0: your favorite pga and lpga legends pros and top instructors are right here every week on next on the t join chris as the greats of the game share their stories insights and playing lessons now back to chris and more of the show
1: all right now back with me here on the french Lake resort guest line is rob strano let me remind you about rob's background He is from St. Louis, Missouri. As a junior player in the uh, St. Louis District, Rob won the Individual Low Stroke Average Trophy and Individual Total Points Championship Trophy back in 1981. He was a three-time All-Southwestern Conference player and a two-time All-Area player in high school. And he played his college golf out in Centenary College, which is in Louisiana. From there, he went on to the PGA Tour, played on the PGA Nationwide and Hooters NGA Tour for 15 years, won five times out there. He's now one of the top instructors in the game for both kids and adults. He's annually recognized by U.S. Kids as one of their top instructors. Plus, he is one of the few few teachers out there that is helping deaf children learn the game of golf. You've probably seen Rob on the Golf Channel with uh, golf, uh, golf Academy. He's got a lot of really great videos there available. He is one of their lead instructors. His golf show, which is called The Golf Kingdom, which is outstanding, folks. You can watch it on blab tv or streaming on the blab tv app, uh, app as well it airs wednesday nights at uh, 10 p.m central time again one of the best golf shows you're going to find on tv his strano golf academy is located at kelly plantation in Destin, florida which is a beautiful facility and one of the great golf courses in that area and as always i am honored that rob is back on the show with me again tonight here on next on the Tee. hey rob how are you my friend
2: uh, i'm doing great great to be on with you again chris but I really don't know how you follow the legendary, the great Peter Kessler. I'm I'm trying to get my my Peter Kessler voice going here, and I can't do it. And I mean, he, he he he's he was the white horse of the apocalypse, and and the second horse is the red horse. I'm the I'm the red horse following him, and there's just no following the white horse. I mean, <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, it's been great to be on next to the next on the T. Great having everybody tonight. Goodbye. I mean. <laughs> It's, it's Peter Kessler. How do you follow Peter? Again, became I Look, mean, the voice of golf.
1: Well, if anyone can do a Rob Strano, it is definitely you, my friend.
2: <laughs> well, I'm so, listening to Peter. And so, listening to Peter reminds me of when I sit down and I have lunch with Mr. Bob Golby when I'm home at my club in St. Louis where I grew up. And, and I, I sit down with him every chance I get. And I just sit down and take notes. And listening to Peter just reminded me of so much of the history of the game that is in my head. That's just there. It's knowledge. And he just reminds me of so many great things and adds to that knowledge with his great stories. It's just a guy when he books, take notes and remember them because he's got so many stories that are on the tip of his tongue and so many he's just forgotten.
1: Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of times all I have to do is say hello to Peter and let him go and and then uh, the segment's <laughs> over, so yeah, there's, there's 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 certainly a ton there. But Rob, before we get into all the golf stuff, and and as you uh, as I talk about in your intro, and you just mentioned, as a kid from St. Louis, I gotta know, are you living and dying by the Stanley Cup right now? Are you ready for Game Seven?
2: I, you know what? The other night, I was eating blood pressure medicine like they were M like they were M and M's. I mean to tell you, you know, we've I I grew up a huge Blues fan, a huge hockey fan, huge. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan and the St. Louis football Cardinals when we had them in St. Louis. Um, and for those of us that have sat and watched the Blues for years, you know, our, our coach said it best. Even though we didn't close out at home, we've been a great road team all throughout the playoffs, all throughout the season, which boggles my mind how we can't, you know, defend home ice. But but our coach said this in a press presser after the game. He said, you know what? If you would have said to me in January, We'd be playing game seven for the Stanley cup. I would have taken it and we're a good road team and we've won twice in Boston. We feel good about our chances going back up there. And I feel good about them on the road. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a great game. All great. All game sevens are great. And I I asked Chris Berman one time sitting in the locker room at Hartford. I said, Chris, is there anything better in all sports than a NHL playoff game, let alone the Stanley cup game seven, the last 10 minutes of those games when they're tied or one goal separates them, it's just on the edge of your seat action where you're just holding your breath. And I'm looking forward to it. And, and win or lose, I'm proud of our team and the comeback we've made this year. And It's been a great ride. It's been enjoyable to watch as a fan.
1: So, Rob, I, I want to obviously switch gears. and want to talk a little, a little golf while I got you on the show. And, and uh, I had the uh, the privilege of spending some time with you back in April when I was in Destin uh, with my boys for our annual golf trip. And, and, uh, you took one look at my swing and said, you know, I can help you improve. And all you have to do is change one thing. And boy, I was excited. It's what And you looked at me and you said, everything. So, and it started <laughs> well, that's, for
2: our that's with my weight far transfer. From, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's far so, from true from our listeners, but, but yeah, we, you know, we got together and worked on the game and, and, um, you know, there's something similar in a game that's similar to a lot of players. And that's, that you, it's, and the backswing, you tend to tilt towards the target a little bit. And the downswing, you tilt away. It's a national cause and effect. You tilt toward, you you tilt away. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And we see it in golf in that people lean towards the target and then they're breathing away. And it's interesting that, that this comes up because on this week's TV show, which debuts tomorrow night on the Golf Kingdom, my show, I talk about this in my pop culture segment and it's the pop culture segment is, is the back to the future segment. And I talk about, do you time travel on the golf swing by moving away from the ball on the target on the downswing because you tilt at the top and you're trying to buy time to get the club face around and square it at impact. And that's what we worked on a little bit. And it just takes a little time and work to just kind of work yourself out of that tilt and give yourself time in the downswing and, And Jerry Haas, who I grew up with, who is the nephew of Mr. Golby, said to me one day, he said, you know, all great swings have time. They don't buy time. They have time. And that's what we're trying to do is trying to give you a little more time to get the club face around, build your speed on the downswing, catch it sound, and hit a little farther.
1: And Rob, one of the things that we were talking about is weight transfer, right? And you were talking about, you know, getting me, you know, a little bit more on my on my left side, you know, on the backswing and then transferring that to my right side and the transition and on the downswing. Talk about finding the right weight transfer and the balance in your feet and making sure that we are loading up and then unloading in the golf swing.
2: Well, it's actually a basic athletic or life skill movement that is part of the golf swing. So if I just said, if I just tossed you a ball and said, here, throw it at that target 15, 20 yards away, you're going to naturally shift to your right and shift to your left. You would never stand perfectly still and then lunge forward and throw it. No one does that. I mean, kids that are learning to throw may do that. But, you know, if you're an athlete and you throw, you shift to the right, shift to the left. You're going to throw a bucket of water. That's, then you're going to get a yucky bottle, uh, bucket of water, and you're going to throw it away. You shift, and you shift to the right and throw it. If you don't shift to the right to pull the bucket of water, you're going to lunch 40 to throw the bucket of water straight up in there and it may come back down on top of your head. Um, you know, if we were, I always use the example, if we decided we were going to revolt and rob Fort Knox and we were going to have a chain gang passing the gold bullion from the vault to our truck to take them to our, our island if, if, as we're leaving the country, if I'm going to pass something heavy from left to right, I'm going to shift from the left to the right. If I try to stay still and pass that chunk of gold bullion to you to my right to pass to your, your son on the right, well, it's not going to work because I'm going to tear my back up because a chunk of bull, gold bullion is exceptionally heavy. I'm going to have a little shift to the right. I'm going to hand it to you. I'm going to shift back to the left to grab the next one. It's a natural life movement or a natural athletic movement is that little shift to the right turn. So when you swing, it's just a little shift. And by a little, I mean it's an inch if you're looking at your shadow on the ground and you've got a little T stuck on your your lead ear, your left ear, if you're right-handed or golf ball there, it's a little one-inch shift. That accomplishes the move. It breaks your eyes loose and gets your eyes to shift a little to the right. Your nose will turn about 10, 15 degrees to the right, and that gets you turned behind it in the right spot to deliver it athletically on the downswing.
1: And, Rob, let's talk a little bit about putting because you also gave me some, some good advice about my putting stroke. And the, the question you asked me is, where's your miss? You miss on the high side, you miss on the low side. I told you for me, I miss on the low side. So how, how can we do a better job? Let our listeners know, what, what are some things, if our miss is on the low side of the hole consistently, what are some things that we can do to make more putts?
2: Well, if your miss is on the low side of the hole, the question you want to ask yourself, off the bat is are your reads good i'm a certified aim point express uh coach and you know I, i teach that green reading method and that tends to eliminate people under reading putts everybody tends to under read the break and then hit it too hard and knocks it four or five feet by if you have a missed bias the simple thing to look at is ball position usually if the ball position is too far back more towards the buttons on your shirt the zipper on your pants The face isn't getting enough time to come around and square. Therefore, it's arriving at the ball open, and the ball will miss to the right or the the high side if it's a right to left putt. If the ball is too far forward, which is an error you never see, the ball will miss left. If the ball position is perfectly placed, I always tell people I want it to to be right in the logo of your shirt. So if your logo is in your left peck on the left side of your shirt, Put the ball there. If if your stance width isn't too wide, your left foot will sit where if you put it towards your left toe or your left instep as your foot's pointed forward, that'll pretty much get the ball to arrive at the logo. That gives the face a chance to square and the ball to be launched online with the face square and and a little bit of rise in the putter to get the ball turning over and hugging the ground. If the ball position is too far back, the face usually arrives open. You're hitting down on it the ball is popping up in the air and starting off to the high side or to the right of your line if it's a right-to-left putt.
1: And Rob, one of the things that I love about you the most is how incredibly positive you are. you got a smile on your face. You enjoy what you're doing. Everything about you comes across as being just such a wonderful, positive individual. And one of the things that we talk a lot about on this show is about the negative self-talk That we do to ourselves out on the golf course. We badmouth ourselves, we get down on ourselves, that sort of thing. You know, how, how do you train your students to, you know what, leave that behind, forget about that, be positive and and have a, have the right frame of mind? Even if we've hit a bad shot or we put ourselves in a bad position or had a bad hole, how do you recover from that? How do you teach your students to be more positive?
2: Well, the first thing I do is I have them listen to the way they talk to everybody else in the group. So if you and I are playing, Chris, and you hit a bad shot and you get down and you kind of maybe slam your club on the ground or slam it back in your bag, I usually will give you a pep talk. If you have a bad hole, I will usually give you a pep talk. I will go, it's okay, buddy, put it behind you. You'll get them on the next hole. And I'll say to the player, I'll go, why don't you ever talk to yourself like that? Why don't you ever become your own best friend? Why don't you become your biggest cheerleader? Tour players, we're our biggest cheerleaders. We had a bad shot. We're like, it's okay. Let's get the next one. We had a bad hole. It's like, okay, bounce back. Let's get, let's get a good tee shot here. Get a good approach. Give ourselves a look at Birdie. If not Birdie, make a par. But we're always, we're always on to the next thing. It's always, we're a cheerleader for ourselves and we're going and we're going and we're going. Another example I use is this. Have you ever smelled a, a, a smelly trash bag in the kitchen, Chris? Like your wife has said, <laughs> yes. get this out of the kitchen. What if I bagged that up, We got to the golf course, and on the first tee I said, Chris, we're going to walk today. I've got a caddy for you, and you're going to carry this bag of trash around all day. Are you going to do that? No. No. Good. That was a perfect answer. No. But when we're a garbage man on ourselves and we just keep criticism on ourselves the whole day. We're just trashing ourselves. We're carrying that stinky trash around all day. We're no fun to play with. Our friends are listening to us going, "Geez, listen to this trash he's talking about. His garbage. I can't cheer him up. He's no fun." You know, they're just going to kind of exile you to the, you know, to your own little golf, you know, pity party island. Become your own cheerleader. Get in your corner. Talk about, you know, I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to make a better swing. And keep rooting for yourself all the way through the round. Do what you do for your buddies to yourself. You'll find two things. You'll have a better attitude. You'll you'll bounce back and you'll be more fun to play with.
1: Rob, one more before I let you go. And, you know, this being, um, you know, what's going on with the U.S. Open this week and that sort of thing. I, I want to get your thoughts on what do you expect to see? I mean, with the, with the playing conditions, you know, it looks like it's going to be benign weather based on the forecast, maybe a little bit wind, you know, 10, 12 miles an hour, that sort of thing. But what do you expect to see this week out of Pebble Beach, and who do you expect to be on top of the leaderboard?
2: Well, I, I got ask my picks earlier, and they're they're out there. I, I sent them in the Golf Channel. I'll put them on social media in a little bit. But we get asked this Golf Channel, guys, you know, who are our picks. Um, I picked Dustin Johnson to win it. I, I wanted to pick Kepka because do you get knocked off? You're the, you're the top guy in the totem pile. You're the king of the hill. He's won two in a row. Until someone shows they can beat him, to me, he's he's the guy. Okay, and I just saw a thing out there on on um on the media that the Fox trailers for the U.S. company that they're running don't include him in several of them. And he saw them, and his friends showed him, you know sent him links to him. So just like he didn't need more more motivation, now he's got it because. Fox is running promos for U.S. Open, and he's not in them. So how about that? The guys went in a row, Fox is just blowing him up. So Kepka's got a little more chip on his shoulder to go, okay, let's win three of these, and, and everybody, anybody will pay attention to me now. But Dustin's got unfinished business from when he blew the last one. He had it, He had it by the throat. He shot, what do you think, he shot 81 the last day, messed up the second hole, was all downhill from there. I think it's it's retribution time for him. He knows how to play the course. It, it's in his wheelhouse. He's, he knows he could play three rounds from last time. He just got to put the the icing on top of the cake or put the bow on top of the, the gift. I think he finishes the deal this time. We get asked our dark horses, and I picked here's the guy I picked as my dark horse, and I'm chuckling for the reason I picked him. Matt Kuchar my dark horse. He's been playing pretty good golf. He was there coming into the final round in Canada this week. Had a really good low round there. But I picked Kutcher for this reason. The guy's been fed more crap this year than a portalette. Whether it's the gone for <laughs> stuff that he's, he's he's had trouble with or it's, you know, the, the episode with the caddy where he stiffed the caddy and owed him a ton more money than what he paid him. The guys The guys dealt with all this and still played pretty good golf. So, you know what? The final round of U.S. Open contention is nothing compared to the distractions he's faced on the golf course from all that he's self-inflicted on himself this year. So, if he's there, look for him to maybe close this out. What what I think you'll see out of Pebble Beach is what we've seen from previous U.S. Opens, excluding the, the, the 2000 Tiger Woods Massacre where he shot 12 under and won by 15. I think you're right. going to see scores where, like like Mr. Kessler said, I think two under per day, if things are set up like we hope they are, I think two, three under will be your score, you know, low score per day. If you get a guy who's a little bit hot on the game, you might see a 66 or seven. If you get a guy who goes that route more than one day, maybe for third day or second, third day or second and fourth, This is a guy who's dead on his game, and it doesn't matter where they put the flags. It doesn't matter how wide they cut the fairways, how narrow they cut them. This guy is dead on, and it's going to be his week like it was Tiger in 2000 when he went for 12-under. I I haven't thought about a winning score, but I think familiarity to the course, um, because we played on two every year, I think that's going to yield, no matter how hard they set it up, I think it's going to yield a winning score If it's benign, around six or seven, eight to nine if a guy is really dead on his game. Double figures, I don't see us getting there. Um, It won't be an Aaron Aaron Hills kind of thing. So, you know, I think we'll be kind of right in that that five, six, seven number from the course. I think it's going to play beautifully if it plays with a little bit of breeze. And they've got it set up the way we all hope they do. You know, the USGA hasn't proven to be the smartest bulb in the, bo- uh, bulb in the box, the brightest bulb in the box. Um, so those of us that, that hope the USGA has figured out or got our fingers crossed, I saw a picture where they've got Mark Russell from the PGA Tour staff helping them out. Mark is phenomenal. The more PGA Tour guys the USGA brings in, the better chance they have of getting it right because these aren't golf people running the US Open. The USGA, in my opinion, should handle the history of the game. And they ought to let golf people and people that run you know, big-time tournaments run that tournament for them. And this thing would be fantastic year in, year out. But that, those are my kind of thoughts on what this year's U.S. Open will look like when they get to teed up Thursday morning.
1: Rob, before I let you go, remind our listeners how they can stay up to date with all the great things that you're doing and follow you, whether it's online or it's on social media.
2: Well, the great thing that's going on right now is my TV show, The Golf Kingdom it's it's a golf show unlike you you've ever seen it is a true variety show it's not just here's a bunch of golf tips yeah we give golf tips we give things to help your game but i people that know me know it's it's pop culture themes we're using movies and songs and catchphrases to to help you remember what we're talking about to fix your game i've got a build it segment i put my hard hat on yes i do i put a hard hat on we help you build your game i've got guests I've got, you know, all kinds of people coming in that are experts in the game. We cover all areas, and it's fun. It's fast-paced. You can catch it live on Blad TV at bladtv.com. You can, you can stream it by going to Blad TV. Go to Programming. All the shows are archived there. Um, you can watch it on the app also when it's on. Go to social media, whether it's Rob Strano or Strano Golf Academy on all the platforms. But there's also the Golf Kingdom. We post all kinds of videos um, from the show. We let you know what time it's on there. Um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, all over the place. We've got all kinds of fun things. We just filmed the 4th of July show the other day. This week's show is the Father's Day show. Um, I have a real touching tribute to fathers at the in the Time to Rise segment, which is the last segment on the show, which is motivational. Um, you don't want to miss the Father's Day segment there. If you do miss it, like I said, it'll be – out there on social media, I'll post it all over the place for you just to watch that segment. Um but we have filmed the fourth of July show. It's a tribute to Founding Fathers. I will leave you with that. Um there's a little costume involved as I represent the Founding Fathers. It is the <laughs> Declaration of Your Golf Independence coming up on the Fourth of July show on the Golf Kingdom.
1: Rob, it's a great show. I always enjoy watching it. It's informative. It's it's fun, and uh, I'm certainly looking forward to the Founding Fathers show. So that ought to be a lot of fun as well. But, Rob, I can't thank you enough, my friend. You're the best. Thanks for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. I look forward to catching up with you again real soon.
2: Well, it's always great to be on. And even though I'm the second horse tonight, it's okay because the first horse was was a stallion and a thoroughbred. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just <laughs> one of those horses pulling the carriage right in behind Peter Kessler. And um got great guests coming on. Thanks again for having
1: me. You bet, Rob. Take care. All the best to you new your family, my friend. We'll catch up soon. That's a great Rob Strano, at Strano Golf. You can find him on Twitter. And, uh, again, folks, the go- uh, Golf Kingdom is an absolutely outstanding show. Take a look at it on blabtv.com. You can download the Blab TV app as well. His show is, like I say, it's a lot of fun. It's very informative, and uh, you're going to really enjoy yourself when uh, when you're taking a look at it. So a lot of great stuff and a lot of great content that Rob continues to push out, and uh, we look forward to catching up with him again real soon.